0: Welcome to the Kingdom Corner Podcast, where we discuss how to live the kingdom culture on earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus prayed. Here's your host, the great Matt Guybe. Good afternoon, Kingdom Corner Podcast devotees. The great Matt Guybe here once again with you on a beautiful sunny afternoon from the Pacific Northwest, winding up the summer. And today we're back with episode three of... Unity, the Antidote to Chaos. Unity, the Antidote to Chaos. From Ephesians chapter 4, we will be covering verses 7 through 16 today. And just as a background, all of chapter 4 basically is about the unity of the church, the unity of the saints, and how that is really the answer to the chaos we're seeing currently in our world today and what's going on. This is really a timely message that God wants to speak to us, I believe, through these scriptures. And last time we were together, we talked about striving or working together with the body of Christ as one unit for the trophy of unity, like the Stanley Cup playoff. Those guys as a hockey team work together for a trophy. Well, we as the saints of God are working for the trophy of unity, trophy of unity, We talked about endeavoring to keep the bond of peace and what that meant, the band of peace. We have to work together to do that, that there's work involved, that there's teamwork involved. We talked about also that Solomon was a great type of Christ in that he was the man of peace. He was the man for his time that people sought out, like the Queen of Sheba, for answers to hard questions. He brought the world, in a certain sense, together in unity, and all the nations came to him, and also because of his great wisdom. And we also talked about the wisdom of God, how that plays into embracing and attaining a trophy of peace or a trophy of unity, okay? So that's where we're at today, and today we want to look at specifically, and it really involves you, Christian friend, specifically The use of the gifts, the use of what you have to bring that will help bring about the unity of the faith, the unity of the church, so we can be an answer to the chaotic world we see. We want to talk about the gifts that each of us have, something we want to zero in on it specifically for you today, because you out there, my friend that's listening, you have a gift to exercise and give and to bring, just like the hockey team, just like a baseball team. Everybody on these earthly teams, they have a gift that they bring. One guy is a home run hitter. Another guy might be on a baseball team of an ace pitcher. And we need you to bring your gifts so we can win together, so we can come into unity together. So having said all that, let's just get right into the, into the crux of it, into the meat of it. Let's read again these verses. But unto every one of us is given grace or that is empowerment, empowering grace, according to the measure of the gift of Christ. See, we're all given the gift of Christ when we come to salvation. That is a gift that we're given, okay? Wherefore he saith, verse 8, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Friend, he's given you a gift today. If you're on my podcast, I'm calling you out. You have a gift that he has given you. Now that he ascended, that is, but also, he also descended first into the lower parts of earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. Verse 11, And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. Why did he give those? Those are the gifts he's talking about here, that he went up to heaven, ascended, that he might then give. This is specifically in this chapter. He's talking about those five gifts, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Why did he give them? For the perfecting of the saints or the completion of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the building up or edification of the body of Christ. We're called to build like I've been talking about for weeks the living, breathing temple of God, and we build that. We edify each other and build that up, okay? So that's what we're talking about. Let's go on. Why? Till we all come into the unity, and we've talked a lot about unity, of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Why? That we henceforth, verse 14, be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But, speaking the truth in love, may grow up unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual, working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body, again, unto the edifying or building up of itself in love. The whole intent is to build that living, breathing temple that God is pleased to dwell in and that can be an effective corporate group to make a difference in our society and in this world. May God bless the reading of his word. May God take these words and impart them to you in a powerful way today. May they not return void. May they accomplish the work in each individual person that lives and is listening today, tomorrow, and in the future. So let's break this down. Let's get right into it and break this down. Today I said we were going to talk about gifts. The gift list here in this portion of Scripture is apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Why? To perfect the saints. I've talked about that, to complete them. So, I've always told you the way I teach is I believe in parallel passages. I don't believe in teaching that it's one place and cherry-picking a passage and saying, yeah, this proves this doctrine, this proves this. I want to find other scriptures that support that. You know, interpret scripture with scripture. So, we're given a measure of the gifting for the body of Christ. I told you that's basically salvation. All right? That's what I told you. But there's gifts that have been given, and we again, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher in this list. But there's two other parallel scriptures that I want to touch upon first, let's read romans twelve three to eight Romans twelve three to eight. For I say through grace, given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Remember, we've talked a lot about that, but to think soberly. As God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Okay, you've been given a measure of faith. Note that. For as we have many members in one body, many members on a baseball team, on a hockey team, right? We have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. The catcher does not pitch. The pitcher does not catch, usually, okay? So, we being many are one body in Christ. Remember, we've been talking about that, about the unity of the body of Christ. One body in Christ. We're many, but we're one body, and individually members of one another. Here we go, verse 6. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. We have different gifts. Let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to faith, or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, being a generous giver, that is. He who leads, or is a leader with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. This is gift list number one, Romans 12, 3 to 8. Note that down. Number one, these are what I call the innate, or Gifts you're more or less born with when you are a baby and that can be developed and can mature and then you can use. That's gifts that you're born with, okay? That's what I'm going to call that, innate gifts. Not everybody is a leader. You can all—I should take that back. Everybody can become a leader and should be, but some are more apt to be a leader than others. Some have the gift of grace and of exhortation more than others. Some are, I think since I've been a young man— Born to be teachers, okay? I think you understand that. That's a gift that you're more or less born with. Some have the gift of helps, okay? Some have the gift of administration. We could go on and on, make a whole study of that, but we won't. Let's go to the second listing of the gifts, which is 1 Corinthians twelve seven to 11. 1 Corinthians twelve seven to 11, and we call this one manifestation gift. The list of manifestation gifts. But the manifestation of the Spirit, capital S, God's Spirit, the manifestation of the Spirit, is given to each one for the profit of who? Of themselves? No, of all. Verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy to another discerning of spirits to another different kind of tongues to another the interpretation of tongues but one and the same spirit capital S god's spirit works all things what does he do distributing to each one individually as he will these are not so much innate gifts as shown in romans that were born with but these are gifts that come upon the saints We used to think a long time ago in church, but it's also meant for outside of the church. The Spirit of God would come upon you and give you one of these gifts. Prophecy, word of knowledge about a situation, that's happened to me, didn't know nothing about this one individual, and God told me that he was about to go commit a crime, which he admitted he was. And there's other gifts, tongues, interpretation of tongues. If you've been a Christian long enough and in the right churches or atmosphere, you probably heard that. The gift of healing. These are manifestation gifts that come upon you for a certain time and a certain need, whether it's in the body of Christ or even as you're, you know, out in society and people need a word. That young man I talked to that was going to go commit a crime wasn't in a church that I talked to him. Anyway, so there are the three gifting lists here: Romans 12, three to eight, the innate gifts. You can read that again. First Corinthians 12, seven to eleven. The manifestation gifts that God gives by His Spirit, we can all operate one or more of those, depending on how much faith we have and how much we're willing to exercise our faith. Okay, and then the third gift list, which is Ephesians 4.11, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. The Greek says pastor and teacher. It just defines it as one. But to me, I think they can be separate, pastor and teacher. I think we've talked about that before. So we've established gifts have been given from the Father for the church. Just like a baseball team or a hockey team to win a championship, each one must use the gift or talent they have to accomplish that together in a team. So let's go on. We've kind of talked about that first verse there, did we not? Let's see, verse 7. But unto everyone, or through everyone, we the saints are in connection with the Lord in faith, have different giftings which God has given or assigned to each one of us, that we might build the church together. We are marked out to participate. If you've chosen to be on God's team, remember I always talk about choosing to be chosen, then that means you're going to use your gift to build the church. All of us have the gift of Christ, that is God's grace, okay? And yet to each of us is given a gifting for the body of Christ. And I just read you the gifting lists, right? So let's go to verse 8. Let's read that. Wherefore he saith, He that ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts to men. And then verse 9, those kind of go together in 10. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fulfill all things. In other words, he was crucified on the cross He was buried, he arose from the grave, he was then come back to earth for 40 days and showed that he was victorious, and then he went into hell, and he plundered hell, he led captivity captive, and through that process and then ascending to heaven, he was able to bring gifts to men. That's what this is saying in a nutshell, okay? Let's read a cross-reference to verse 8. He disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle, or display of them, triumphing over them. So he disarmed the principalities and powers of the world or of the enemy. Colossians 2.15 Psalm 68.18 is a messianic prophecy of this. You who have ascended on high, that is Christ, you have led captivity captive, you have received gifts among men, even from the rebellious, says the Lord. Acts 2.33 Therefore, this is talking about Christ, being exalted, he was exalted, to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. And we're talking about, of course, Pentecost, that the Holy Spirit fell and the enablement to receive gifts from God, okay? Acts 2.27, let's look at verse 9. We said, he ascended and descended, verse 9, a cross reference For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Acts 2.27. 1 Peter 3.19, also talking about this. In whom he also went and preached to the spirits in prison and then brought them to heaven. He's talking about the souls that were waiting in Sheol, and when the new covenant came, they were able to be completed and go to heaven. That's what I believe that means. Romans 10.7. Or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. Let's read verse 10. Let's go on. He that descended is the same that ascended, and we're going to give you a cross-reference there, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Ephesians 1.23, Hebrews 7.26 also. For such a high priest was fitting for us, that is Christ, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners. He has become higher than the heavens. So you see, Christ triumphed over the enemy and plundered hell and brought those in Sheol so they could have connection and go to heaven. And then he passed the gifts on to men. That's what we're talking about in those scriptures. This is not the main thing that I want to talk about today. But I'm just trying to fill you in here. Now, let's read verse 11. This is where we're really going to get into where the rubber meets the road for the next few minutes. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers... That's the way this New King James Version reads. And they would tell you, the scholars, that pastor and teacher is one Greek word. I think it's pomion. I'm not sure I'm saying that right. But I still see the differentiation. I've said it before. Not all pastors make good teachers, and not all teachers make good pastors. A pastor ought to be able to still teach some, but that may not be his main wheelhouse of gifting. A teacher sometimes is called the pastor, but he's not necessarily the best pastor. Okay, that's my thought on that. I'm not going to argue with anybody. You're free to believe what you want there. I think we're splitting hairs if if we're going to sit and argue about that. Let's look at v- verse eleven again. Ephesians four eleven, apostle, prophet, evangelist. I'm going to count them as pastor and teacher. They've been given as gifts to the church, right? Okay, let's talk about that. Ephesians two twenty says. We are built upon the foundation of apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. He was the first apostle, the chief apostle, okay? That's what we're built upon. That's what we're building the living, breathing temple of God upon. Amos 3, 7. Surely the Lord will do nothing, but he reveals his secret unto his servants. Who? The prophets, okay? First Corinthians twelve twenty eight, And we've read this before. God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and then miracles, gifts of healing, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Acts 13.1. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manion, who had brought up, was brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. So there we see the prophets and teachers together. Working. And a lot of times in scripture, you'll see in the New Testament prophets and apostles working together. So there it is. They're working together, these gift offices. These are offices God has put in the church that are gifts to the church. Uh, Not everybody is called to be an apostle. Not everybody's called to be a prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. You may be called to minister in some of those areas, but you may not be called to the office. I don't believe everybody is called to an office, okay? Everybody is called to have a gift, but not everybody's called to an office. Everybody's called to give their gifts forth for the sake of the team, like whether you're a pitcher or a catcher if we we're talking about baseball, but not everybody's called to run the team, be the manager. These are guys that manage the rest of the gifts among the saints. They empower people to use their gifting. Like with a baseball team, they coach up the catcher to catch better. They coach up the pitching coach coaches up the pitcher to pitch better. And I could use the example of my own house here when it was built. I should say my, the apartment that was built onto this house three years ago that my mother had built on, there were all kind of workers here. There were plumbers here. There were electricians here. There were roofers here. There were framers here. There were people who did the foundation here, foundation men here. And there was a finish carpenter here. And they each had a boss that was over them, okay? that empowered these workers, these different ones with skills, whether it was a plumber to screw together a pipe or a roofer to pound on the roof shingles. They empowered these leaders, these you know supervisors, I would call them, the roof supervisor, the plumbing supervisor. They empowered their workers to do the work. If the worker had an issue or a problem, they'd go to the plumbing supervisor, to the foundation supervisor, and they'd find out how to do that, and then they'd do the work. The supervisors weren't doing the work. Those under them work. And so not everybody, like I'm saying, is called to be a supervisor in the church of God. If we could look at these apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teachers as heads or supervisors, and the supervisors aren't meant to do the work. Unfortunately, in the church today, that's what's happening. Everybody expects the ministers, the pastor to do the work, and he doesn't even have the help of a prophet a lot of times or an apostle because a lot of the church doesn't even believe in the offices anymore. So I was going to say, the church is in a lot of disarray and a mess. When they first did my mom's apartment out there, they did it wrong. The plans got screwed up, and this place out here behind my house where my mom's apartment was built on looked like World War III, okay? It was a mess, because they weren't allowed, because they, the people that do the permitting came by and said, you're doing this wrong. So until we got the permit corrected and got the foundation the way they wanted it, nobody could be out here working. So it was a war zone. I'm going to liken that to the church today. A lot of the church looks like a war zone. It's a mess. It's not finished. The foundation is out of alignment. The framework hasn't even been built because we need to have the proper permitting, because we need the proper supervisor, apostle, prophet evangelist, pastor, teacher, on the scene to empower those with these other gifts that we read about in the gift list to be able to use their gifts for the edification of the assembly, for the edification and the building up of the living, breathing temple of God. That's what we're talking about. And I know I'm beating a dead horse in some ways, but this is a subject, a topic that's dear to my heart because I want to see this done in my time while I'm still here breathing a breath, you know, and I'm not a young man anymore. And I want to see this come to fruition in the next few years, that the church might grow together like it talks about. So I've went on about that. You know, I've went on and on about that. So let's go on. I gave you a picture of that. So verse 12, why did he give these gifts offices? Why did he want these supervisors to be on the living, breathing temple job site? for the perfecting, or that is, the building up of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edification, or building up of the body of Christ. You could say for the building up of the living, breathing temple of God. Okay? That's why he wanted them on the scene. Let's look at a couple cross-references. Boy, we're running short on time here. A couple cross-references. Verse 12, perfecting means correcting, instructing, equipping for perfection or completeness. That's what he's talking about, why they're on the scene, these gift ministries, these offices. Okay, That's why the supervisors are there. Let's look and see. Let me see. I want to find a cross-reference. Hebrews 6, one for the perfecting of the saints. Therefore, leaving the discussion of elementary principles of Christ, let us go on into perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, and faith toward God, of doctrines of baptism, the laying on of hands of the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment let's I mean we won't forget those, but we need to go on into deeper things. He's saying it's either Paul who wrote that or Luke, and we will do this if God permits, okay The apostles in acts sixteen four were given over to the ministry of prayer and the word. These supervisors, given over for prayer and ministry and upbuilding of the worker bees, of the ones with other gifts, right? Noah and Abraham Abraham, were called to perfection, okay? The word in the Hebrew means shalom, means finished. They were called to bring a finished product, you know, into their society, so to speak. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro looking for those who have perfect hearts or finished hearts toward him he's looking for building saints for those that will fulfill the office of a prophet apostle a pastor evangelist teacher so that we might build the temple of god the way it needs to be built in completeness and fullness romans 12:7 says let us wait on him for our ministry okay so god wants us to wait not everybody again i'm going to say not everybody's called to be a prophet, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, or um, you know any of these five-fold ministries, but you are called, go and seek those lists we read out of in the beginning. We'll, we'll refer back to that. I think it's about time we wrap this up. Everybody's called to have a gift in one of these lists or more than one gift. Romans 12, 3 to 8, the innate gift you're born with or gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 11 the manifestation gifts. God wants to give you those gifts so we can build the living, breathing temple of God with the direction of those that have been given the office gift. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. And really, that is the gift of Jesus Christ flowing through that person. That's what that really is in a nutshell. So let's see, what else do we have here? Boy, there's so much we could go into. Let's just read the rest of it for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, verse 12. And let's go on, verse 13. Till we all come, remember we're talking about unity, the answer to chaos, unity, the trophy of peace and unity, till we all come into the unity of faith and a knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect or complete man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no more be children tossed to and fro, with every wind of doctrine. But speaking of truth in love may grow up into all things which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, fitly joined together, compacted, that is like our joints and muscles and tendons, from that which every joint supplieth unto the effectual working in the measure of every part, makes increase of the body unto the building up of itself in love. That's what these gifts were given for. When we're talking about And I have to finish up here. I'm going to be over time. We're talking about unity, the antidote to chaos. We're talking about these gift ministries functioning in fullness and maturity to build the living, breathing temple of God. And they have to work together in unity. And that will be the answer. Using your gifts and seeking God out for what that gift may be is the answer to bring unity to the church. If you're not using your gift, then the church isn't being built the way it needs to be built. Ephesians to 19 Maybe we should just end with this verse. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Why? That you may know the hope of His calling. What are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the working of His power? He wants to give you wisdom and revelation, friend. He wants you to have that so you might know what gifts you need to bring to the job site, to the living, breathing temple of God that it might be established and built up. Till next time, my friend, this has been Matt Guybe with the kingdom corner podcast have a good afternoon hey thank you for being a part of the kingdom corner make sure you click that subscribe button so you get notified every time we release a new episode welcome to the family